anyone claiming that America's economy is in decline is peddling fiction. I've abandoned free market principles to save the free market system. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Raising the debt ceiling does not increase our debt. It does not somehow promote profligacy. I know words. I have the best words. Nobody knows the system better than me, which is why I alone can fix it. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Peddling Fiction Podcast. I am your host, the voice and soul of so-called fiction, Johnny Profita, and back with me, both frustrated because we have um, disorganized people in our lives, is Justin Hillbilly Boy Campbell. And believe it or not, he's like maybe the only organized hillbilly. Well, when you're this OCD, you don't really have a choice in the matter. Like if I could actually be disorganized, I would probably enjoy it. But my my brain just won't allow for for such things. So so here I am. He's a a walking, talking oxymoron, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, (laughs) We were talking off off camera that uh, I've been dealing with the Mexican government trying to pay property tax bills down here that apparently I didn't even have to pay. So now I get to go through the whole uh, process of trying to get them to credit me for next year due to some disorganized uh, relatives of mine who will remain nameless. And I've been dealing with a bank and trying to figure out where the title for my truck went because I also have a disorganized relative who will remain nameless that whenever stuff comes in the mail that doesn't have my name on it, it disappears into some random ass box that may be anywhere. And now we don't know where the title is. So Yeah, it was great. I was getting like I was getting made fun of by like my friend who helped me pay this thing. She's like, oh, you're such an idiot. You you are like you should have showed me this one. Cause I showed her like this other receipt after I found out that my uncle had already paid this thing that he told me to pay. Uh, she's like, you're a dumbass for fucking paying this twice. I was like, I didn't know that this was already paid. I don't know how property taxes work in Mexico. Like, even if it was, you know, even if he had told me that he paid something in like February, that's the way we do it in the U S we pay it in like February and August or March and October, you know, it's like twice a year you pay two installments. So I was like, I knew exactly what you knew. I, I sent you this thing. I knew as, as I had as much information as you did. So it doesn't make me a fucking dumbass, but it makes me unlucky and frustrated because, man, it, like <laughs> I can't believe, and I know I've complained about this before, how difficult it is to give Mexicans your money. It's incredible. Unless, of course, they have a tour going somewhere. You know, they got like a fucking booze cruise or whatever. Then they're all over you. They'll fucking try to sell you a million ways from fucking Sunday and make it as easy as possible. But if you're trying to pay your internet bill or pay your property taxes, can you pay with a credit card? Not a U.S. credit card. So you can't pay with a fucking visa. You have to go down personally to the bank with like a code printed out on a piece of paper and pay it. And that's what my uncle did. 
And then apparently that payment, the bank never notifies the government, even though they put the money into the government's account, they don't notify the government that, that, you know, this unit just paid their property tax bill. So my uncle was supposed to take the receipt from the bank and then go to the government and say, hey, I just paid your property tax bill. Record this, please. That, that might was, be that was the smart on step. the bank's that might be smart on the bank's part, though, because if they do tell the government that they, hey, you've got money, then there's no telling what's going to happen to it, given the corruption of the Mexican government. <laughs> I guess so. But it's like, dude, I used to go to the bank to pay my property taxes because it was like they charge you like a $25 fee online to use a credit card. It's fucking bullshit. They do the same thing here, too. Um, so I would go to the bank like on my lunch break and, you know, you have like a property pin number. And they attach that to the payment. And I never had a problem with it. I don't know why the bank doesn't do that here. Anyway. Um, you would think that you would think that Mexican companies and the Mexican government of all things would be happy to take your American money, considering the 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 way the dollar is on the rise while literally every other currency in the world is currently plummeting. Yeah, I, you know, and I'm not sure they used to take these credit cards everywhere. And like all of a sudden this year, they stopped doing it. And it doesn't make any sense to me. But I, so long story short, I can't, re, I have to, every month I have to remember to like go into PayPal and pay the internet bill. I had to put it on my fucking calendar. You have any idea how infuriating that is for me to have to like send myself a reminder to pay? It's just so stupid. It's so stupid. And if I didn't have PayPal, I would actually have to physically go to a place with a code. Like to, you can pay them at like these gas stations that they, they're like the 7-Elevens. You can go pay. That's how Mexicans pay their utility bills. You see these long fucking lines of people like standing out there like the first of the month and shit. They're paying their rent. They're paying their utilities. And they have to stand in line like fucking lemmings. I, I don't know. I, I just get your fucking act together. This is not that hard. <laughs> 2022 figure out how to accept a visa shit anyway i have another rant about voicemails that maybe i'll record separately people do not know how to record fucking voicemails it's driving me absolutely crazy all right if it goes to voicemail hang up and send the text that's it that's, that's all you do. <laughs> rule number one is don't fucking call me ever Start with the text. I respond to text messages. If I don't respond to the text, send me a goddamn email. <laughs> like, don't call me. But if you do call, like I've been getting all these work calls and I let them go straight to voicemail because I don't fucking like to talk to idiots on the phone. And like my voicemail just explains to them exactly what they need to do, which is send me an email. <laughs> <laughs> actually send somebody else an email it are basically my instructions and they'll leave a voicemail anyway. And okay, listen, everybody, it's 2022 for the last at least 20 years. Every time you make a fucking phone call, the phone on the other end registers the phone number you're calling from. We've had caller ID since like what the fucking nineties. Every phone has it. Every single fucking phone records the phone number. I don't need you to tell me the phone number to, unless it's different, unless you're calling from like a different line and you want me to call someplace else, leave that number. Otherwise, feel free to not repeat your fucking phone number 35 times. Oh, this is so-and-so, blah, 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 312, blah, 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 blah. And, and then they don't tell me what they're calling about. They just repeat the phone number three times and they say, give me a call back. 
guess who's not getting a fucking call back from me? I'm not going to do that because then I'm on the phone trying to figure out why you're calling and it's not for me. And this could all be fucking handled if you just sent the email like you're supposed to, or actually give me the reason you're calling instead of your stupid goddamn phone number. It doesn't do me any good. I don't need the phone number. It registered. I have a whole list of all the fucking phone numbers and your name and everything. I just click on it and it dials it. I always say either send me a text or send me an email and I'll get back to you. Like I'm not answering phone calls. And then I I messed up and I let my son sit down at the computer the other day. He said, dad, you've got 178 unread emails. Like, do you ever even actually check your emails? Like, look, shut up. I I don't actually check my emails, but that's beside the point. Like (laughs) he said, so actually if people want to get your attention, they should send you a message on Twitter. I was like, that is precisely the way to do it. If you, if you really want me, you you send me a message on Twitter and I will answer immediately. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my personal email, I'm not very good at checking. My work shit, like, I, it drives me crazy to have unopened emails. So if I get an email, I'll deal with it. But it, these people, it's unbelievable. I'll, I'll be like, okay, here's what you do. If this is the question you have, here's what you do. If this is the question you have, here's what you do. If you have anything else, tell me what it is you need to do and give me, like, they'll give me their name which is no help because it's like, you know, Jonathan Smith and they'll give me their phone number three to four times on the phone. Like I'm not exaggerating. They'll say it. Yeah. This is John Smith, 312-779-2468. And then they'll say, they'll repeat it again. And then they'll say, I have a question. Can you please give me a call back as soon as you can? 312, blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh my God. Oh my God. If if I call him back, then I got to spend five minutes figuring out what the fuck he wanted in the first place. God damn it. People figure out how to leave a fucking voicemail. We don't need the phone numbers anymore. Every fucking phone registers the phone number. You still have these like rotary phones on the wall. Like (laughs) what fucking decade are you calling from where you need to repeat the phone number 40 times? In fact, when I tap on voicemail, it actually tells me what the number is that I'm listening to the voicemail from you, there's no no guessing game required here yeah yep yeah. well, all my all my work calls just go to my computer my computer registers it in like four different places I get an email with the voicemail and the phone number and then in the Microsoft Teams thing it's also listed in two other places with the phone and I can just click on it and call them back oh god anyway I've been getting like 20 calls a day and screening them which means I get like nine to 10 voicemails of them just not telling me what they want and giving me a bunch of information that's useless. So not in a very good mood today, in case you guys can't tell. <laughs> good thing it's a light news day. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, I was just filibustering. We have nothing else to talk about. Oh, I mean, Elon is uh, Elon's deal to buy Twitter is back on the table, apparently. Dude, Elon's been fucking dry. I'm getting sick of this shit too with him. Like, dude, buy Twitter. Don't buy fucking Twitter. Just figure it out. Or like, what what are we doing now? Because I know he sent Twitter up, and then Twitter fucking came crashing down when he hadn't finalized the fucking deal. He's just fucking with people. It's kind of fun. Well, and the, a lot of the deal with that was he was trying to get them to to actually give him data on how many bots there were versus real people and right. like get some actual some actual stats and info from Twitter and they wouldn't do it. So he was like, all right then I'm not gonna I'm not gonna buy Twitter. 
which that would put it into he was defaulting on the deal that they had made. So then they could take him to court for it. But then if they took him to court for it, then he can put in a request to get them to reveal all yeah, the like all of the information, right? yeah. yeah, that they were refusing to give. So it kind of put them in this state of limbo. Where it's like, are they going to call his bluff? Is he going to keep pushing on this? And so now it sounds like they've actually got a a deal finalized, and they're they're going to make it happen. I can't remember what it is. He's buying it for like fifty four dollars a share or something. I mean, it's pretty close to what I don't. I can't remember what the number was exactly the first time around. Was it, was it fifty? It was something four twenty. Is it fifty four twenty? Might have been. I don't know. Something it's, stupid with four twenty. It's, like, it's oh, a little oh. bit. I say I know it's a little bit higher than what it was originally, but not like significantly. So. Uh, it still roughly comes out to forty-four or forty-six billion dollars is what the deal is going to be for. There have been a bunch of things uh, yet again going around Twitter of um, all of these Twitter employees who supposedly say that as soon as the deal is finalized that they're going to quit. It's like, okay, good, bye. Like, toodles, toodles, bitch. Huh? Why? Why are you waiting for it to be finalized? Just get the right. fuck out. Right. Like, what are you waiting for? Go ahead and put your two weeks in now, I mean, get a get a head start on the game. Well, it yeah, I mean, it's very revealing to watch their reaction to this because I mean, I know we talked about it the first time this was this is really big in the news, but there there's been like a whole other like uh, blue check mark media uh, on Twitter just sort of freaking out about this, you know, about how free speech as we know it is is uh, is over and this is gonna like affect the elections and they're they're just going into full panic mode and it's just there's something hilarious to watch them freak out about it but it's also just like there's a weird admission in there like if if elon musk gets control of twitter and he takes it let me see if i have the quote from this guy uh-uh. while you're looking for that i also saw a thing that um facebook is in the process of laying off thousands of employees uh up to up to 15% of the entire company could get laid off over the next several months wow yeah is that well i know zuckerberg got chopped in half like 2 weeks ago when the stock fucking tanked he lost like well and the whole meta the whole meta thing like since they went from being facebook to meta it uh it's really like whatever they were trying to do with the whole metaverse thing, it kind of blew up in their face. Like it hasn't worked out very well. I haven't followed it really closely because it there hasn't been a whole lot of news about it. It's just been kind of kind of like with these uh they're referring to these as a a massive round of quiet layoffs. Uh up to twelve thousand employees are gonna get laid off. Uh everything about what's been going on with Facebook has really been kind of done quietly like it hasn't been super in the news but yeah since they since they went from being facebook to being meta it's kind of taken a massive downturn yeah i I still don't even understand what the meta thing is (laughs) maybe you can break it down barney style for me but nobody does i don't know what it is (laughs) it just reminded me of uh when who was that the that basketball player that changes name to Meta World Peace? Ron Artest. Ron Artest. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, what? What is Meta? Like, I don't understand what the fuck is going on. That's what it reminded me of, though. Just the stupid name change. 
<laughs> I mean, that's that's summarizes the whole Facebook thing in a nutshell. It was a dumb name change that uh, accomplished nothing. I don't know. I think it was supposed to be some like VR thing, but it never it never became a, an actual thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I, I do have some quotes from who, who is this? This is uh, NBC News reporter Ben Collins raised immediate concern that sudden ability to speak freely on Twitter could impact the midterm elections. Loss over control over the political speech could mean a loss of control over the midterm elections. Uh, the broader implications, blah, blah, blah. It's just a weird um, admission in there where it's just like, okay, so what you're saying is right now you guys have control over the midterm elections because you have control over Twitter. And if you lose that control, you know, we might not be able to uh, influence the midterm elections the way we want to. It's just so bizarre to me. You know, that we can't censor everything you're saying then and everything you're seeing then how are we ever going to maintain democracy? Well, free speech is dead if you're allowed to actually say stuff. Yeah, it's it's like, I don't think you realize what, what free speech means. And then like, uh, what was the other quote? It was like, um, can, the guardrails will be, we dropped, like conspiracy theory and, and like all this stuff will take over. Um it's like, oh, you mean all those conspiracy theorists that have been right about everything for the last like two and a half years? God forbid they should have a fucking platform to speak at. But the other thing is just like, okay, well, what do they say to us? What do they say to like alternative, um, you know, conservatives or libertarian? Go start your own platform. Go start your own Twitter. Just go do that. What's the matter? <laughs> Go do that, and then you can, uh, you know, influence the the midterm elections and all the outcomes of these things as you see fit from your own platform. Well, so speaking of um, threats to democracy and free speech and whatnot, um, I don't know if you've noticed it, but being an admin for a number of different Facebook groups and just posting like dumb shit for as long as I can remember posting stuff on Facebook. Um, there's been a lot of things getting removed as of late and and it's all pretty specifically targeted towards anything that paints Biden or the Biden administration yeah. in a negative light. It's been getting taken down. Like I had the thing that was uh, it was an Obama quote saying never underestimate Joe's ability to fuck stuff up that got removed. Anything that has Hunter, anything to do with Hunter Biden, yeah, it gets taken a, down as. A, yeah, I got sanctioned or whatever. I got kicked off for a while. I still can't advertise. Like they're fucking yeah, anything to do with anything. Hunter Biden, it gets removed as sexual content. Yeah, uh, dude, it was a meme from like literally like three, four months ago. I don't even remember posting. You know, I just dropped it in the fucking meme stream or something. And it was, I mean, you know, there wasn't any nudity or anything. He was like, he had a shirt. When, when doesn't he have his fucking shirt off? He at least has his fucking junk covered up. And it was like, yeah, something about like, you know, uh, Biden, like met like two times Biden fucked up pulling out or something. It was like Afghanistan and then a picture of Hunter Biden. <laughs> it was a funny meme, but I didn't even remember posting it because it was like, yeah, it was like from July or something. And they come back and they retroactively slap you with that. And it's like, oh, you can't advertise with us for another 90 days or something. I'm like, dude, I'm not giving um, we're We're ramping up to election season. They can't have anything that paints the Biden administration or Democrats in, in a negative light in any way. 
You can run all the anti-Republican ads you want, and that's perfectly fine. Say whatever you want about them, but don't you dare besmirch the good name of Hunter Biden. Right. And then you you hear what these guys are saying on Twitter, and it's like, what planet are they living on? Where it's like they they think that all of these um, conservative voices have been taking over. Before 2020, this is um, politic, uh, Politicus, Politicus USA. I don't know what that is. Sarah Reese Jones. Before 2020, Facebook deplatformed progressives. Then it came for mainstream media and elevated only radicalized conservatives. Cut to 2022. We know Elon Musk plans to do the same with Twitter. We know how damaging it will be. Tech giants pose ongoing threats to Western democracy. Like, what fucking planet are you living on where the mainstream media is being deplatformed and uh, left-wing liberals are being deplatformed and radicalized conservatives are being pumped up to the fucking top level. Like you even had Zuckerberg on Rogan a couple of weeks ago saying, no, no, we're like throttling the fucking, like the, the Hunter Biden story. We throttled it because the FBI fucking told us to. And it's like, I, I don't know what I don't know how you could be that delusional. Yeah, Alex Jones and uh, turning was it Turning Point USA or which one was it? The um, shoot, James O'Keefe. Uh, yeah, Alex Jones, James O'Keefe. Like, yeah, Who's all the of these... that just got done. He was like suing Twitter. There was like a lawsuit. Um, no, whatever. But yeah, it's like, I don't know, maybe there was like one or two radical leftists that got, you know, like Antifa's or something that got banned. But for every one of those, there's a monster conservative that like, um, like Donald Trump, not on fucking Twitter. Like, I don't know. I think you could take Donald Trump and that Trump's literally every fucking leftist or mainstream media that's been getting deplatformed from facebook <laughs> like what? project veritas and the babylon b and the like, uh lives uh lives of tiktok lives of tiktok they've kicked them off a few times they've yeah. they have managed to come back or to get it overturned because they're not actually doing anything but yeah <laughs> that's the funniest one too because he's literally just reposting liberal shit like hey th- this happened uh, no, there's gonna... another one defiant else where it just takes like yeah i remember just saying else. something and then it and then it has them saying something that's completely uh hypocritical of that yeah. in the very next usually frame. like it's... six months later but sometimes it's just like the next day <laughs> yeah or uh, two hours later yeah it's un it's unfucking is that account done for you i haven't seen a lot from him there it's it's back it's being it's also being throttled uh but yeah it yeah, got for a it while, got suspended I was seeing, and then it came back. Yeah, I was seeing before they got suspended. I was seeing like a defiant L thing, like every at least every day, you know. And now I, I haven't seen. I can't remember the last time I saw one. Yeah, they've been throttling everything. They, but yeah, it's there. It's definitely the left wingers that are getting uh, deplatformed and and <laughs> right. And and we know that's Elon Musk's goal with it too. I mean, I don't think, I don't know if Elon Musk is going to like open this wide open, you know, for free speech or whatever, but I'm pretty sure he's not just going to start targeting leftists. I'm pretty sure it's not going to go one, like whatever he does, I don't think it's going to go one way. I think he might just ease up on the fucking, 
gas in the direction they're out they're already going if anything but yeah i don't know these these people are fucking nuts and it's just so revealing to see them freak out because because it's like dude man if you can't do what you've already been doing on twitter then the midterm elections will be affected that's just an admission that they're already being affected it's just in in the direction that you want them to be affected and if you take that away yes it's going to have an effect but in possibly in the opposite direction and it's just a very interesting admission that i don't think they realize they're admitting to <laughs> and then yeah just like go start your own platform like dude they fucking hijacked like the biggest platforms turned them into these like fucking censored leftist woke ideology uh, you know battlegrounds or whatever you want to say and then they're like oh if you don't like it start your own thing but now that now that that might be going away that you know they have no interest in starting their own thing they just want to try to kill the deal and uh or move to where are they moving to canada or something or they're not moving moving they're just going to quit (laughs) they're always moving to canada Donald what? Trump gets elected again. We're moving to Canada. Any anything that we don't like, we're moving to Canada. Yeah, have fun up there. Um, what? So do we, is it fifteen thousand or fifteen percent of Facebook employees just across the board? They're they should first get rid of all their fact checkers. I don't know how many of those they have, but those are fucking absolutely worthless. Yeah, those um, should be the first ones out the door. Yeah, fifteen percent cut. Yeah, I mean. We have some some other economic, uh, well, I guess not maybe not necessarily economic data, but anecdotal data, a little bit, uh, some of the job stuff that we can talk about later, that, uh, yeah, this recession is worsening. I know they won't admit that we're in a recession, but we are, uh, technically. And I think it's just, I don't know how much longer, how many more quarters of uh, negative growth they need. What if it's like six quarters or like six consecutive quarters and they still won't cop to it? <laughs> like, no, no, the job numbers look great. It's not really a recession. We just it's a faux recession. I mean, just because everything else is down, we're still we're still seeing growth in all the right areas. Right. Yeah. And they just redefine which areas those are. Ukraine specifically. That's that's where the growth is being seen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're just gonna measure it based on government spending because Joe Biden just gives Ukraine six hundred million dollars a week every time this guy fucking calls. It's like, dude, I just scroll through the news and just like up oh, Biden had a phone call. We're, we're out another six hundred and twenty-five million. I can't fucking believe it. It's just getting so stupid at this point. How much money they've built out of this early on. In this war, there was a statement from Zelensky where he said that they were going to need like 1.4 billion per month to sustain the war. Yeah, and you know, it played. It might actually, it might have been the other way around. It might have been 4.1. Anyway, it was it was some billions that was going to be required every month for them to sustain the war. And by God, Joe Biden and Congress have cashed that check uh every time (laughs) yeah we were joking about it It must just be unbelievably fun to do business with biden because he has no idea how many times you've hit him up already it's like uh when your grandma sends you birthday checks and she keeps forgetting that she sent you one already and you get like six birthday checks in the mail (laughs) whatever that fucking uh office episode 
well, you know, it's like Biden's just like, oh yeah, what do you need? What do you need? You need some money? Sure. <laughs> it takes 625 million. It's like, oh yeah, did I give you a billion last week? I, I sure did. He has no this this is just getting so ridiculous. It's been ridiculous for like the longest time, but just like transparently, they're not gonna stop giving him money. What are they doing with all of this? <laughs> okay, so there were a couple articles that came out. A uh, month and a half, two months ago, that showed what they were doing with it. All of the uh, Ukrainian oligarchs and big wigs within the government are using it to buy mansions in the Alps. Nice. Yeah. Must be. Yeah. It's. It's like, how do I get? How do I get Biden on the phone? Let's see what I can hit him up. I only need like a couple hundred mil. I'll never call him again. It, it really is just fucking insane. And like, I've never seen a more just like transparent military industrial complex on display where it's just like, hey, Zelensky called. So I gave him another couple hundred, maybe a couple billion here and there for a war that, you know, would have been over a long time ago. For sure, we fucking sabotaged Nord Stream 2. Like if I if I had to bet you know, like my left arm or something, I would. Um, actually, there was a there's a pretty funny interview on Bloomberg about that. This guy was just let me see if I have the audio for that. That was a great one because <laughs> this guy's just dropping fucking bombs on these like mainstream reporters from Bloomberg, and they just have no idea like how to fucking respond to it. He's just oh, like, Yeah, we did you see that you one? I know, but while you look for that, did you see the the Saudi Arabian um like guess uh czar or whatever you want to call him, like the the minister or whatever, the uh, so they were in a press conference and somebody from Reuters tried to ask him a question. And as soon as the guy said, Hi, I'm so and so from Reuters, he was like, and I've got a couple questions. He's like, I'm not answering any of your questions. I did 20 minutes with a lady from Reuters explained everything that's going on and instead of taking anything that i said she went with an anonymous source from somebody else and ran <laughs> with that story so until reuters decides that you're actually going to take the in information that i've given you and tell an honest story i'm not answering any of your questions you can ask everybody else up here all the questions you want but i will not answer any of your questions and he was like so we're moving on it's like holy <laughs> shit that's awesome yeah it's great all right so i do uh i do have this queued up here Let's uh, this volume up. Inflation. Futures up 22 this morning. The heart of Bloomberg surveillance is the quality of our guests, always in every case. And as we spoke to Dr. Yardani moments ago, we speak now to Jeffrey Sachs to say he's economic professor at Columbia University, barely describes his contribution. I want to make note that he was 10 years out front and the collapse of American education and the struggle as to your take on the war in Ukraine and on the Russia you knew so well under Yeltsin. You're in the Atlantic this week, and they're equating you with Mearsheimer of Chicago as the realist out there. What should be our response to Mr. Putin with your thoughts on war and aggression after the human atrocities that are reported? Yeah, I was attacked in the Atlantic for yes. being on the side, on the side of peace. And uh, I confess I'm on the side of peace. Uh, I am very worried that we are on a path of escalation to nuclear war, Not, nothing less than that. Uh, we have a essentially a war in which 
Russia feels uh, that this war is at the core of its security interests. Uh, the United States uh, insists uh, that it will do anything to support Ukraine's defeat of Russia. Russia views this as a proxy war with the United right. States. And uh, whatever one thinks about this, this is a, a path of extraordinarily dangerous escalation. And I am very fearful. Right. You lived this with Yeltsin. You were there for Gorbachev and Yeltsin and the rest. I remember when you got off the airplane at JFK, essentially shattered over the collapse of that first experiment. Do you have a feeling that Mr. Putin is alone? Is his military in support of him? A lot of the world uh, is uh, watching uh, the events in Hort, uh, and a lot of the world doesn't like this uh, NATO uh, expansion, which uh, they interpret as at the core of this. They want to see compromise between the U.S. and Russia uh, in vote after vote in the United Nations. Basically, it's been the Western countries uh, that have uh, been uh, voting for sanctions. And certainly, most of the world counted by population is on the sidelines. They just view this as a horrible clash between Russia and the United States. They don't view this as we describe it in the Okay, hang on. I think that's the wrong clip. I think I want this. Well, one. Europe is in a very, very sharp economic downturn. Uh, the sharp decline of output and living standards also shows up as a rise in prices. But the, the main fact is that the European economy is getting hammered by this, by the sudden cutoff of energy. And now, uh, to make it uh, definitive, the destruction of uh, the Nord Stream pipeline, which I I would bet was a U.S. action, perhaps U.S. and, and Poland. Uh, this is uh, hey, Jeff, speculation. Jeff, we got to stop there. That's, a, that's a quite a statement as well. Why do you feel Absolutely. that that was a U.S. action? What evidence do you have of that? Well, first of all, there's direct radar evidence that U.S. Uh, helicopters, military helicopters that are normally based in Gdansk, uh, were uh, circling over this area. We also had the threats from the United States earlier in this year that one way or another, we are going to end Nord Stream. We also have a remarkable statement by Secretary Blinken last Friday in a press conference. He says, this is also a tremendous opportunity. It's oh. a strange way to, it's, uh, sorry, it's a strange way to talk if you're worried about the piracy on international infrastructure of vital significance. So I know this runs counter to our narrative. It runs, you're not allowed to say these things uh, in, in, uh, in the West, but the fact of the matter is all over the world, when I talk to people, they, and by, by the way, even reporters on our papers that are involved tell me privately, yeah, well, of course, but well, it doesn't show up in our, our media. Professor, I, I want to get into to Fratad about what did or did yeah, not yeah. happen with Nord Stream because I don't have the evidence and we don't have a, a <laughs> counterbalance to that. The, okay, so the interesting thing about that whole conversation, and especially the first clip that you started with, was that kind of goes to uh, the, Elon the Elon tweet that has gotten every, like all the shit stirred up over the last couple days and stuff. Uh, where Elon said, Ukraine-Russia peace, redo elections of annexed regions under UN supervision. Russia leaves if that is the will of the people. Crimea, formerly part of, U uh, part of Russia, as it has been since seven 1783 until Khrushchev's mistake. Water supply to Crimea is assured, and Ukraine remains neutral. And he posted this as a poll, you know, like, vote yes or no. Well, 59% of uh, the over 2.7 million people who voted voted no, 
And this became a, you, uh, Elon is pro-Russia. It's like he's literally just suggesting, like, these are the things that we could do to create a peaceful transition and avoid world war. And everybody's like, nah, fuck that. Let's nuke the whole yeah. thing. Yeah. When you're on the side of peace, you're a, a Putin sympathizer or something. <laughs> it's just like, you know, peace would be good for everybody. Um, you know, and it's like, I, I just couldn't believe, uh, oh, we don't want to talk about that. We don't have a counterbalance to it. And we don't have any evidence. Just like, what evidence do you have? Well, uh, the U.S. Navy was right around there and there were helicopters there for some reason, right around the time, right before the explosion. <laughs> and then I think there had- were also divers in the area as well. Yeah, just, you know, no big deal. And then we have Biden saying that he would stop the Nord Stream 2 earlier this year. She's like, I don't know. Is it evidence? Not, you know, it's uh, circumstantial, I guess, but (laughs) it's something. And then, you know, you have the who benefits from this whole thing. It's certainly the the U.S. benefits from it more, more so than anybody else, even Poland. I mean, I guess a little bit. Um, and it's just, yeah, unbelievable. And that, you know, that's not like a rat. That's just a professor from Columbia. <laughs> yeah, oh, pretty nuts. Pretty nuts. I forgot why, uh, why we got on that topic, but I really like that clip. But yeah, this, this whole Ukraine thing, like the, the money pump that's, that's going into it is absolutely crazy. Like they are going to bilk this for more than it's worth like I, I can't believe that there's still every week more money is going out to them and you just see like what a racket it is and how many politicians are dependent on this nobody gives a shit about fucking ukraine if they did they'd be on the side of peace as well like who cares let's negotiate some sort of deal and if we weren't funding that if we weren't giving them all this money they wouldn't have like the balls to just be like, oh, we're not going to negotiate. I heard that from Zelensky a couple days ago or something. He's like, it's going to be impossible to negotiate peace or something like that. It wouldn't be if you weren't getting. Yeah, it's impossible because he's getting hundreds of millions of dollars every week from the U.S. government. Who's stealing it from us? Well, and the reason the pro-Ukraine uh, people who are actually getting their hands on all the money don't want to to take like an Elon suggestion and go back and allow the Donbass and, and other regions over there to have a vote, another vote on if they want to stay in Ukraine or join Russia is because that's what kicked this whole fucking thing off to begin with several years ago was they had a vote and they said, we don't want to be Ukrainian. We want to go back to and join Russia. And then NATO and the U.S. stepped in and said, nah, we can't allow that. So and like the whole thing has been esca- like just look back at 2014 i think it was and is i think is when all of this stuff started kicking off like this has been going on for eight fucking years and the us and nato have been uh they've been sticking their dirty fingers in it the whole time and fucking with things and that's what pushed it to the escalation that we've you know seen come to a head in 2022 they they definitely don't want to allow an election or a, a, a vote to happen on it because they already had that and they already saw what comes of it. Like those those parts of the country don't want to be Ukrainian. They want to go back to Russia. Yeah, it's great. But democracy is at stake here. Right. <laughs> Again. Democracy only works 
when it works the way they want it to. Yeah, it, yeah, because it's any fucking, other result is it's uh, tyranny. It's it's just tyranny at the voting booth, and yeah, it's great when you're the one that gets to be tyrannical, but when you're the one that's uh, when the narrative's not going your way and your rights are being trampled or whatever, then it's uh, not so great as uh, all these fucking Twitter users that are freaking out about um, losing their stranglehold on Twitter are. Uh, expressing but anyway i know we got to wrap soon so let's um i had a couple other things there's a really good article in a Substack about um climate change and hurricane data but we're not gonna have time to go through that so we can do that friday because i'll be i should be available friday okay yeah cool me too so i just wanted to touch on some other economic stuff real quick because i i saw some uh, some more stats out of the U.S. Roughly 60% of Americans say they're living paycheck to paycheck. This is um, o- overall from last year. It's up a little bit. It was 55% last year. But the, the interesting thing is that people earning six-figure salaries are, are reporting living paycheck to paycheck. 45% of them versus 38% last year. And um, if you look at the just the amount of debt that Americans are holding here, but, you know, there's something weird, you know, no matter how much money, especially Americans seem to make, you always just like adjust your lifestyle to whatever the the paycheck is. You know, it's like those people earning six figures, maybe they were, you know, maybe they were making like 70,000 a year, a few years before, and they were like, you know, living paycheck to paycheck. And now they're making 120 grand a year and they're still living paycheck to paycheck. They just adjust their lifestyle to whatever their paycheck is. That's fucking nuts. Yeah. And it's, um, the, the, uh, the debt that they're carrying on credit cards. So, um, 60% 60% of credit card debt holders carry debt for more than a year. Uh, I don't know what the interest rates are on credit cards now, but it's like, you know, like 18 to 22%, something like that. It used to be upwards of 20%. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 8% don't know how long they carry it. <laughs> That's a good answer. Wonder why you're in debt. Uh, 19% at least five years, 28% at least three years, 40% at least two years. And these are all up, uh, up 50% from a year ago. 60% of credit card uh, debt holders have been holding this debt for oh, at least a year. Yeah, I already read that. I hate it when they repeat themselves in these articles. Um, but yeah, it's like, you know, even the get that work count up. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like, it's just, it's, it's wild to watch the, you know, the, these 40 year highs in inflation start to hit people in the six figure range. And it doesn't tell, it just says six figures. It doesn't tell you like how far into the six figures they are, but it doesn't take much to fall into like the top 10%. Like I, I think like if a little over 250 grand a year and you're in the top 10%, maybe it's 300 grand a year, something like that. Um, it's, it's not like, you know, these millionaires and billionaires, this is like, this is starting to hit a lot of people who I guess haven't quite adjusted their lifestyle to the um, tsunami of inflation that's coming. And then the, the jolts report, the jolts report, if you're not familiar with it, this is like the job openings that the federal reserve loves to talk about. This is like how many job openings there are each month. 
going uh, unfilled. And this was like, if you guys remember a couple of weeks ago, we talked about this number that came out that was just ridiculous. There was like 11 million jobs or something that were available. <laughs> it's like uh, two jobs for every unemployed person or something like that. Um, they just had to downwardly revise that insane number by 1.1 million. It's the biggest one month crash outside of the the COVID global lockdown that we've ever seen in the jolts number. So um, something very fishy going on with these numbers, but yeah, not nearly as many job openings as they claimed exist. And if, you know, history is any indication, these numbers are going to keep going down and it, there's not that many job openings and there won't be uh, as the, we, we talk about jobs being a lagging indicator which is why it's just so stupid when the Federal Reserve and the mainstream press picks up, oh, we're not in a recession. Look at all these job openings. It's like, okay, even if that is the case, uh, the jobs are like the last thing to go. First, the, the recession hits, then the companies take in less revenue and their profits go down, and then they have to lay off workers, or then they you know, take back the open positions that they couldn't fill because they no longer need people to fill those positions because they're not doing as much business. It's like, you're looking in the rear view mirror and um, trying to predict the future. It's, it's really fucking ass backwards and par for the course. What? And we've been saying this whole time that the jobs numbers that they were reporting were complete bullshit. Like everything that they, we created this many million jobs. Like, no, you just like allowed people to go back to work. You didn't create any. Right. Yeah. Like, you artificially suppressed the labor force and then you opened it back up. <laughs> okay. That's great. And we still have, uh, apparently there's still a lot of job openings, but I don't, I don't see how that's like a good indication of a strong economy either. If anything, that just means that we don't have like the skill set to fill these jobs. Like people can't find smart well, enough workers to do the stuff that they want them to do. And something that's something that's funny with the job numbers and that people don't really understand is like, uh, like or the unemployment rate is that once people have been on unemployment for so long and they stop actively seeking new employment, they're no longer considered unemployed. So like the unemployment numbers is a complete crock of shit anyway. So you've got all of these people that figured out they could just live off the government teat after COVID and not have to actually go back to work. So they just stopped trying to go back to work. So now they don't count towards the unemployment numbers, but they definitely count towards job openings because those are people that used to be in the job force that are now no longer in it. And those jobs are never going to get filled because they're not coming back. Right. Yeah. I think you have to be actively searching for a job in the last two weeks to be considered um, in the labor force. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I was reading this article. This one guy was like making this argument that, well, like as countries get more wealthy, obviously the labor force participation rate is going to go down because uh, people don't need to work as much. Like if you really wanted to have like a, a low um, labor force participation rate, like if you wanted everybody to be working, just get rid of all of your tools and your technology and we have to, you know, dig holes with our hand, like everybody will be working, right? Because everybody's poor and it takes forever to get stuff done. The thing is like, there's is a, retarded or what? I think so. <laughs> yeah. He like wrote this whole thing. And it's like, yeah, that's, I mean, 
there's something to that. Like, yes, as you are more wealthy, you don't need to work as much. Like certain people can just stop working, but you have to like look at a bunch of other things like standard of living, like these homeless fucking cities that are popping up everywhere. How many people are on, on it, like sucking off the government teeth? Uh, you know, how many people are living off a credit card? Like they're just piling up debt, living way beyond their means. It's just like, yeah, there's, there's another side to that equation. So um, anyway, I, I think we're, we're sort of just getting started on this. And the, the stock market has been teetering on the brink of just falling off a cliff. Um, it, it doesn't seem that the charts don't look good. It's sort of the Dow's hanging on to that 30,000 number like grim death. And uh, you know, the Federal Reserve is supposed to be tightening. We'll see how long they can they can keep that up in the face of all of this other bad economic data coming out and people being out of work, um, less jobs available for people, credit card debt piling up, um, you know, not painting a very pretty picture, but hey, let's just send a couple more billion to Ukraine. Make sure they're doing good over there. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Yeah, I just wanted to, to mention those numbers because the, the fact that six-figure salaried workers are now living uh, six, you know, paycheck to paycheck, uh, almost half of them are, that doesn't bode well for the, um, the other more than half of Americans that make less. What's the average? It's like $50,000. Like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's always surprising what the median. Uh, it's really low. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so... And taxes are going up. They're going to start coming for your $500 fucking Venmo payments and shit. <laughs> it's like, it really is just the fucking balls on these people. Sending $625 million to Ukraine every time Zelensky picks up a fucking phone call. But if you do something to earn like 400 bucks, they're going to be up your ass. Anyway. I think something just blew up. I might need to go check on that. Okay. Hopefully it wasn't your oven. I haven't turned it on today. All right. Yeah. I'll uh, I'll wrap us up and bring it home. <laughs> I don't know if you can see the whole house shook. It was kind of Did weird. it? I didn't hear yeah. anything. Oh, shit. Man, a lot of weird stuff's been going on. <laughs> well, anything you want to plug before your house collapses? Oh, not today. Uh, I might have some stuff later in the week, though. Cool. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll plan a Friday episode. I'll, I'll try to put this one out tonight. I think I'll be able to get it out. And you can do the video tomorrow or whatever, assuming you're still alive. And um, yep, follow us on Twitter at Pedal Fiction. Become a supporting listener of the show. Help us keep the lights on around here. And that will get you into the Friday night happy hours. You missed last Friday's. It was pretty good. We'll do another one a week from Friday. And the top 10 contributors to the private Facebook group will be invited to that one. Good times. Do all that for us. And we will be back on Friday with a brand new episode for you. Until then, you know the drill. Just keep on pedaling that so-called fiction. Peace.